The Andy Griffin Show, the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin. Sun is shining bright. Going to be a little bit cool today, 53 only for the high, but uh, by Thursday, 65, by Friday, Saturday, probably close to 70. So if you own a convertible or a motorcycle, that's that perfect time of year here in southern Utah. Hi, I'm Andy Griffin. Welcome to the program today. Uh, We've got open lines for the next uh, about 15 to 18 minutes. Uh, And then uh, we'll be joined at the bottom of the hour by Tiffany Atkin from the St. George uh, Police Department. She also is bringing a guest with her today, Brooke Lewis. Now you say, who's Brooke Lewis? Brooke is the uh, dispatch director here in southern Utah. Uh, dispatch supervisor and uh, when there's an emergency you're going to want a good good dispatchers on the line to help you uh, talk you through the the problems that uh, you might be encountering whether uh, i mean it could be anything a fire or a, an accident or uh, some kind of health issue and so i'm, I'm looking forward to talking to her we had a, actually a fairly recent 911 outage We'll talk to her about that and what happened and what we can do about that as well. A couple of topics I did want to talk about today, uh, heavy on everyone's mind, though, is coronavirus. Now, let me say this. I, uh, I very, very, very rarely, in fact, I would almost go never agree with uh, Democrats and liberals. Um, there's a lot of issues with, in my mind with, with their core beliefs. Uh, and we can go. We could go over those. We're not going to go over those. But uh, basically, really, really, just don't agree with people who consider themselves liberals, people who uh, are Democrats, uh, except for in this one occasion. And this one occasion is that the uh, Democrats uh, uh, are calling for President Trump to to do more to get involved with what's going on with the coronavirus worldwide. Now, you can say, well, you know, the president, I mean, it's really not in the U.S. yet, so he doesn't need to do anything yet. But I think this is one of those occasions where uh, it would be good for the country if President Trump would come out instead of, he's basically denying that there's a problem right now. Uh, he's in the press conference uh, in, in India yesterday, he basically said, ah, it's, it's, we're not worried about it at all. Uh, I, I don't want to hear that. I want to hear uh, this is a an international problem, and we are keeping a close eye on it, and we're going to do everything in our power to make sure that it doesn't uh, come full scale to the United States. I want to hear those kinds of reassuring words from my leader, not, oh, it's not a problem. We're not worried about it. Now, maybe that, maybe his strategy is, you know, if I tell everybody it's not a problem, maybe it'll go away, and uh, we won't have to worry about it so much, but it is a problem. Uh, right now, the numbers are thus. 79,000 people in China have come down with the coronavirus. 79,000 people in China have come down with the coronavirus. 2,000 of those people have died. That's, you know, okay, well, that's in China. It doesn't affect us, right? Uh, and then, okay, let's go with some other numbers. Uh, 2,000 people in Korea now have it. Remember, it originated in China. Korea, very close, but... Not in China, and yet Korea has got it now. Uh, in Italy, they went from three people, three Italians, and infected overnight yesterday, to three to two hundred people infected with the coronavirus, or COVID nineteen, as they're calling it now. Uh, right now, in the United States, there are fourteen people who have tested positive for the coronavirus. 
Of those 14, 12 of them were travel-related, and of course, they much documented uh, what's going on with that, the, the people that were on that cruise ship in Japan. Uh, two of the 14 caught it by, from person-to-person contact. You say, well, that's two people. What's the big deal? It is just two people, but... I mean, to me, that says, all right, there, okay, so uh, one-seventh of the people who caught it, uh, caught it from someone else and didn't do anything wrong. They didn't go anywhere they weren't supposed to go. They didn't travel anywhere they weren't supposed to be. It, they caught it from another person. Those those numbers are scary to me because as much as we're trying to cut it off at the source, et cetera, et cetera, the truth of the matter is it's here. And it, it, I, I don't know, I know they're going to do their best to contain it, but it's here. And it, uh, it's kind of a scary deal when, yeah, only 2,000 out of 80,000 have died. But are those the odds you want to have? You know, if, if one out of every 35 or 40 people in the U.S. dies from this thing, that's pretty, that's pretty significant. I don't want to panic anybody. I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying the numbers are staggering enough that it has me very concerned. Anyway, uh, let's go to the phone lines. And uh, all right, we'll start with Seth. Seth was the first caller. Seth, though, we got a limit in three minutes, man. You you got three minutes. Fire away. Uh, really, I only have eight seconds, according to your. That's right. Yes, yes, eight seconds. Catch, okay, catch my, my time attention. Is up. I need to hang up immediately because my eight <laughs> seconds are up. Let me just say about the coronavirus, nobody in the world, including Americans, are allowed to come into this country possessing any communicable disease that could take out our country. What do you mean they're not allowed? What I mean, I, I, We're going to quarantine them. We're going to make real sure they're not bringing a pandemic with them. Well, I just came from the Virgin Islands, went on a vacation, visited my son. There was no quarantine for anybody on my plane. Right. There's none uh, now anywhere I know of. Right. Really, if you're going to be serious about biological or this this stuff, you've got to really protect yourself. And I am certainly not a fan of Schiller, and I certainly believe... Uh, Anything he says is suspect, but I completely agree. Yeah. That, uh, Dr. Blodgett, good friend of mine, and everybody else in the health committee, the CDC, is certainly not applying uh, legitimate quarantines on people that are, that are potential uh, carriers of this disease. Let me read you a quote real quick. This is from the uh, lady who's the, the, one of the directors of the CDC. She says, we're not seeing community spread here in the United States, but it's very possible, even likely, that it may eventually happen. And then right in the middle of that, I glossed over the first time I read the sentence. She said, we're not seeing community spread here in the United States yet. Yet was the word she used. Exactly. Now, if you go to a website, uh, and I, unfortunately, uh, what's in the peak prosperity is the best way. It's a Chris Martinson he is showing the statistics, a really good reporter. He says it is doubling every day. Wow. Okay? And so this is not a joke. If mm-hmm. this is real, uh, we need to sort of pay attention. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Thank you, Seth. Good to talk to you. You bet, sir. All right, let's go to line two. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's up? Morning, Andy. Morning. 
Good sunny day in St. George. It is beautiful outside with a little bit of dark uh, coronavirus cloud on the horizon. Well, you demon gloomers. But anyway, <laughs> wait, uh, when are you getting the cop lady on? A couple days? No, she'll be on bottom of the hour. It'll be uh, Tiffany Bye. Atkin and uh, and then the uh, dispatch director, Brooke Lewis, will be joining me here in about uh, 10 minutes. Because I did want to talk about our 911 when it went down. But anyway, the coronavirus, yeah. I would really like to get her feelings how far they will follow superior orders. If they're told we've got an infant station here and round the people up and quarantine them, how far do they push that? Well, that's a that's a great question because uh, – China won't do it at a gunpoint until you yeah, resume. Yeah. So I, I wonder what they'll do in Utah. I don't know if you saw some of those videos. There were they were guy people were trying to escape and get away, and the cops were tackling them and dragging them back into their houses and stuff. And I mean, it's China, it's communist China, and I'd hate to think that would happen here. Well, one guy brought up something on Russia's show. Have you you heard about the Hong Kong protests? Okay, what happened to that now? Coronavirus took over. That kind of went. That kind of went away, didn't it? Where'd all those people get drug off to, you think? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right, thanks for the call. Six seven three five eight nine zero is the phone number if you want to weigh in on, uh, well, the coronavirus or anything else that might be on your mind. Uh, again, I, I'm reading her lady's name is Nancy Massonier. She's a, she's actually American. She's got a French-sounding uh, name, but uh, she says, again, we're not seeing community spread, you know, communicable, basically, uh, here in the United States yet. But it's very possible, even likely, that it may eventually happen. She said, I'll continue the quote, our goal continues to be slowing the introduction of the virus into the U.S. This buys us more time to prepare communities for more cases and possibly sustained pre- spread. It sounds like to me... Uh, that she is planning on it getting here. It sounds like to me that she's like, all right, it's coming. We just uh, want to buy a little bit of time before it gets really bad. Let's go to the phone lines again. Six seven three five eight ninety. by the way, is the phone number if you want to weigh in. Yeah, you're on with Andy this morning. What's up? Hi, hey, I'm kind of wondering about just the regular flu right here in the United States. How many people is it wiped out? Well, you know, and, and you bring up a good point, and this is something Dr. Blodgett talked a lot about when he was on here, is we're all panicking about coronavirus when the flu killed last year 80,000 people in the United States. And yes. so, so like what I heard yesterday was like it's already killed 14,000 this year in the right. United States. So that, that's why correct. are we that worried about the coronavirus? Well, you know, I, I mean, what do you think? My opinion is it's because it's unknown and there's no cure yet. That, that's the thing that scares True. scares me a little bit. True, but there's no cure for the regular flu either. There is a vaccination, however. <laughs> Not a cure, yeah, but a vaccination. But, you know, yeah, but, you know, which is the lesser of the two evils? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you make a great point. And certainly the, right now oh, in this world, the flu, is the influenza is much more dangerous. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. Thanks for the call. Good to talk to you. Have a good day. You too. Let's go to line two. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's on your mind? Uh, hello, Andy. Hi. I, uh, I hope my information is correct, but I believe I have heard for a couple of days now where President Trump has asked Congress to allow, I think it's a billion dollars, and put it towards uh, the coronavirus uh, treatment, uh, prevention, care, possibly a vaccination. He is 
trying to do something about it. I, I know and he has asked for money. You're right. I, I don't know if that number is right, but uh, it might be. But I know he has asked for money. But I just kind of yeah. feel like a, a, a press conference focusing solely on the coronavirus and a, a reassuring the American people that he is doing all these, he can. I, I feel like that would really help. Yeah, it probably would. I think he's just trying to to be like, oh, well, we've got it under control. You know yeah. how he is. He kind of likes to control things. Yes, he but does. Any, anyway, I believe he is trying to stay on top of it uh, and do as much as he can at this point. But uh, there is one more thing I would like to say. A couple of weeks ago, and it, I don't want to uh, repeat in what anybody else said, there was a fellow that just blasted Rush Limbaugh really bad. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple of things I don't think he knows about Rush Limbaugh. Uh, Rush didn't get addicted to drugs because he was trying to party and get high and have a good time. He had debilitating back pain, mm-hmm. and that's how he got hooked on those drugs. And he paid a high price for that addiction because it made him go completely deaf. That's why he has those cochlear implants in order to exist and do his job. But anyway, the other thing is when he started selling those Betsy Ross uh, T-shirts, mm-hmm. he, he sold... Uh, the last I heard, and I know it's been it's more than that now, but he had uh, donated five million dollars to tunnels and towers, or towers to tunnel, whatever it is, yeah. uh, to pay for uh, people's homes that have lost loans in the war or first uh, responders, the police and firemen and people like that. He's pay they're paying off mortgages for the families of the lost. Uh, uh, people who have served and that's what's in his heart and i really don't like it when somebody comes down on rush limbaugh that doesn't even know what he has in his heart I because he didn't he didn't keep a penny of profits he kept what the cost was only and donated the entire profit uh to that organization to help people I appreciate you coming to his defense. Uh, you, you said it very well. As a matter of fact, uh, when that guy called, uh, I, was, I just kind of laughed because I knew, I know this audience. I know Southern Utah. We love <laughs> Russ Limbaugh. And I knew people would come to his defense because I thought the guy was up in, you know, the guy that called was up in the night. So. Yeah, well, I, I didn't know if anybody else had called in to defend uh, Rush or not because you were gone there for a little while. And, and uh, But anyway, uh, glad I love your show. Glad to have you back. Thank you for the call today. Great to talk to you. Thank you. All right, bye now. Bye. Go to line three. Caller, you're on with Andy this morning. What's on your mind? Hello, hello. Yeah, go ahead. Good. I didn't know if it was me or not. Yep, that's you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Good to hear your voice. What's up? Thank you. Last week, you had Ivan's mayor on. He talked about an emergency services class that people could take. You know, sure. Give them a lot of basic instructions on what to do in a crisis. Right. Do you have a phone number or some way that I could find out about taking that class? You know, I don't write, write at, at easy access, but I will look that up for you and get it, uh, get, announce it on the air. Is that all right? It's all right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Good, good to talk to you today. It is uh, 924 I, again, I appreciate people calling to, to defend Rush Limbaugh. You know, dare I make this analogy? I think Rush Limbaugh is a lot like our president. I think Rush is a little smarter than our president, but I think they are cast from the same mold. They can rub you the wrong way, especially if you don't believe the way they believe. They're a, a little bit arrogant. Although, I, you know, I, I don't know that it's necessarily an act with their president. I think the, you know, the talent on loan from God. Rush always says, uh, I think that's all tongue-in-cheek. I think that 
you know, in reality, he's actually a pretty humble guy. Uh, and I don't know if you've noticed this, folks, in listening to Rush the last week or so since, uh, since his diagnosis, I feel like there's just a, a tiny bit of softening in, in, the, uh, in the rough or uh, rough and tumble edges of Rush Limbaugh. Just, just, he's still great. He still says exactly what he, what he wants to say, and he's still incredibly good. But I think there's just a teeny bit of softening uh, that has come with, with his diagnosis uh, of, of lung cancer. And um, I, I can't, uh, I'm not going to say I don't like it. I, I think it's kind of cool because you still get all the rush. All, all the you know the the attitude, all the 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 great ideas, the incredible intellect, but there's to me there's just a little bit. I think it was always there, but he hid it. His his little bit of humanitarian side. I think he kept it hidden as much as he could, and I think it's coming out just a little bit right now. And uh, and and I like it. I like it. Rush Limbaugh, can can you can catch his show uh, coming up here in just a little over thirty minutes. On News Radio 949-890-KDXU. It's 926 right now. Uh, I did catch this uh, article online about uh, why the Democrats are freaking out about the Trump rallies. Uh, have you caught any of the Trump rallies? Even in India, people are cheering and screaming and jumping up and down. He has captured the imagination of uh, not only our country, but of the world. In fact, this author. Uh, compares him to P.T. Barnum, the greatest showman, uh, the greatest show on earth. And uh, he gets people fired up. Um, and then he backs those the, the people being fired up with the numbers, the poll numbers. For instance, his recent rally in Arizona, 67,000 people, no, excuse me, 30,000 people had switched, had, had vowed to vote for him in this coming election. That is... Uh, 80, let's see, 26% of those didn't vote. 18% of them voted Democrat in the last election. And then others were voted for other candidates. So uh, I think it's working. I think he's gaining, uh, gaining ground. The one fear I have, folks, and then we'll go to commercial break on this thought. The one fear I have is with this coronavirus outbreak, possible pandemic, and the huge sell-off on Wall Street, I, I, I just I, I'm a little worried that the economy is going to go in the tank and if the economy goes in the tank, a lot of the people that support the president are going to jump off the bandwagon. That worries me uh, just a little bit. Nine thirty one. This is News Radio ninety four nine eight ninety KDXU. Good morning to you all. I am uh, blessed to have in the studio a couple of beautiful ladies. Uh, and Tiffany broke the microphone again. Don't you do that about every two months? I should know that it's going to come off if I. Gr- <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Well, it's okay. It's all fixed. Like Tif- it never happened. Tiffany Atkin here is here from the St. George Police Department. Thank you, Tiffany, You're for welcome. coming. Good morning. Always good to see you. And uh, Brooke Lewis is here. Brooke is one of the supervisors of Dispatch. Correct. That's correct. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming in today. Uh, you picked a perfect day. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous out there. This is my view every morning, by the way, Brooke. I get to watch the sunrise over the Red Mountains and everything. It's it's pretty awesome. I'm actually a little jealous. It's beautiful. Well, if you come in at 5 a.m. with me, uh, <laughs> you can you can have that view as well. <laughs> or you can sleep. Yeah, or you can sleep and, and look option. at pic- pictures of the sunrise on the yeah, Internet. Sure. That would work, absolutely. too. Absolutely. 
Yeah. So, well, I, I appreciate Tiffany set up uh, bringing Brooke in with us today. And, uh, I mean, I've always been fascinated with, with dispatch because um, it requires a different kind of personality. Isn't that right, Brooke? It is. You have to have tough skin. You hear a lot of calls and people call in at their worst moments. Mostly. Right. For yeah. sure. Uh, heartbreaking moments, even uh, yeah. where, you know, maybe a loved one is is dying or or something like that, and and uh, you guys have to stay calm and cool. Is that hard to do sometimes? It is a lot of the times. We do have to discuss amongst ourselves and really debrief ourselves and make sure that we keep a keep our stress and our emotions in check after each of those calls. So. Cool. Well, uh, let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about you. First of all, where are you from? How long have you been with Dispatch? And uh, tell us about your family. I was born and raised in St. George. Awesome. I've been in Dispatch for 14 years. It's kind wow. of a family trade. My father is an off- was an officer. He just retired. And then I also have a sister who supervises with me. So Very cool. Yeah. So uh, what, what made you, I mean, your dad was a police officer, you said, right? Yes. What made you want to do Dispatch instead of being a, a police officer? Probably not going out in public as much. <laughs> I don't want to carry the gun. <laughs> yeah, I don't want anybody shooting at you. That's, yeah. that's part of it. It's understandable. Did you have the typical family where you were, every time dad went to work, you guys were worried about that he might not come back and that kind of thing that you read, they hear about in the movies? Uh, yeah, it was always scary. You, got, you mm-hmm. got the bad calls and you got to hear them all the time. So we were always happy oh, when wow. he came home. 16 years with dispatch. Uh, tell me a, a little bit about what, I, I mean, we all talk with dispatch. We, we the way I'm assuming it, the way I'm picturing it in my head is uh, it's a big room and you all have your little cubicles and you have your phones and you have your microphones and you just sit around and you wait for people to call that are in distress. Is that even close to right? It's pretty close. We So we're in about 1,800 square feet. We have a new center that we'll be moving into in July. Oh. It's going to be about 10,000 square feet. So we're really excited for that. Um, but we do each have a cubicle. We have about six computer screens in front of us. We have two keyboards, three mice, and then our radio. Now, do you, you, you said six computer screens? Yes. Holy cow. How do you, I have two here and a third one over here, and I have a hard time, plus the phone bank. I have a hard time. You guys trumped me. You have twice as many computers as I have. Hey, but it's fun. What, uh, what are they all for then? But, uh, we have one that is our mapping system, mm-hmm. and we have one that's going to be our phone system it has all of our incoming calls and everything on it and our radio system has its own radio or its own computer and then we have our um, CAD system and our mobile which is where we run all of our license plates and our driver's license stuff like that so wow yeah can you take us through and maybe Tiffany can get involved in this as well uh, say it's two o'clock in the morning and uh, I hear someone banging around in my kitchen and I know my kids are in their bed because they're on that side of the house with me and my wife is sleeping next to me I pick up the phone and dial 911 can you take me through where you go and and where how it ends up with Tiffany at that point absolutely so once you call 911 the first thing that we ask always is going to be 911 what's the address to your emergency oh so it's without an address, we can't send. So it doesn't matter at that point what's going on. As long as we have an address, we can send you help. So we're assuming uh, when I call, I'm uh, wow, they already know my address, right? Not always. No. No. If you call from a landline, usually we have an address, but we always like to verify it because it's not 100% every time. Okay. And with a cell phone, 
we do have access to GPS, but it's not always accurate. Hmm. So, so if you're able, if you're not panicked and freaked out and g- can give an address, that's the number one most important thing right off the bat. Absolutely. Okay. And so the next thing we'll yeah. ask is tell me exactly what happened. And okay. that's when you go into your details on, hey, there's somebody in my home. Um, what do I do? We'll usually tell you, get to a safe place. If you can stay on the phone, do so. And then we'll co- go ahead and ask questions from there. And once we have your address, we have officers or medical on the way. So while you're talking mm-hmm. on the phone, you are uh, your, your, your right brain or whatever is over here working on getting someone there. Yeah, so usually we have our call takers and we have our dispatchers. And so at 2 in the morning, usually your call taker and the dispatcher is the same person. So, okay. yes, they are taking the call while they're dispatching officers out. But if it's during the day... We there, do have there are multiple two, people. There's multiple people. So I think sometimes people call and they're saying, just send help, just send help. But what they don't realize is, say, Brooke is taking your call. There's a dispatcher that's listening and, and seeing already oh, what's okay. going on. So you're talking, that, but mm-hmm. the other person is just listening and, and, and typing. And, and, and that, yes. that dispatcher is reaching out to me saying, okay, Tiff, this is what we have. Can you start heading towards this address? This is what little information I have, mm-hmm. and 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 Brooke mm-hmm. will continue to take in that information and feed it to my dispatcher, who will then feed me the information. So I think sometimes people think, "Why are you asking me questions? Just get someone coming," and they don't delay. realize that there's no delay. That the, while as you're speaking, there's a second person that's working behind the scenes mm-hmm. to get whether that's fire, EMS, or police. And we also have a shared computer CAD, so they actually have that information on their computer in real time. Wow, okay. So Tiffany's driving around in her patrol car at 2 o'clock in the morning, maybe eating a donut, maybe not. Not. Probably not. She's too skinny. Uh, but but I would be. Anyway, uh, and at, at what point are you made aware? I mean, you said you have a, your own dispatcher with the police department? Yeah, so we'll have a city dispatcher who dispatches strictly for us. Okay. As police officers, and so yes, that dispatcher is, you know, saying, "Okay, we have, you know, this is the address of where I want you to go, and this is what information I have." And as it as the information comes in, especially if it's something in progress like that, they're going to get the police officers or EMS going as soon as possible. Okay. And um, get we just start heading that way, and as they give us information, we we take it. Yeah, let's go back to Brooks. Say I live next to Albertsons over there on Telegraph. Or Red Cliffs Park, whatever road it, Red Cliffs. Anyway, okay, that's Washington, and that's right on the border. Say, I'm right, <laughs> right next to Albertsons. I'm right on the border of St. George and Washington. How do you make the decision on who to dispatch? Uh, well, we'll send St. George every time because it's, or sorry, if it's Albertsons, it would be Washington because it's their jurisdiction. But say you're like right but, on the border, right on the other side of Albertsons. Right? Isn't that does, where, where does Washington end over there? When, so, like, about Wendy's. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wendy's so, is, so my house so, is right across from Wendy's. So just to explain. Wendy's north is Washington, mm-hmm. and south of Wendy's, so Sportsman's Warehouse, is St. George. Oh. Until you get over to 3050. Well, like Pineview High School is actually St. George. George. Yes. yes. In fact, Crimson Cliffs, the new high school, is the first Washington high school. Everybody says, oh, Pineview's in Washington. No, nope. it's, it's not. Right. So, okay, so you're, you're trying to decide, uh, you get this thing and, you, and it's right on the border and you're not sure yet, or maybe you are sure, uh, how do you make a decision on who to send? I will send the closest units every time. Okay. So if it is in St. George, we will have St. George en route every time. 
but if it is something in progress like that and I have a Washington unit close by, if they have permission from their sergeant, they can always go and assist. How many agencies do you we have to dispatch dis- for all of Washington County? <laughs> okay, and how many is that? We've got Sheriff, we've got Santa Clara Ivans, we've got St. George, we've got Washington City. Hurricane, Laverkin. Laverkin has their own police mm-hmm. force? Mm-hmm. No. Springdale. Springdale. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Springdale, you get mm-hmm. the, So the 9 one. Now, did. I've got my cell phone. If I'm driving to Zion National Park, I'm out at Apple Valley or whatever, I dial 911, that's going to come to you? It'll come to us, yes. What, how, who, who makes that decision? How does it? Uh, it's all towers, PSAPs. Okay. So if I get out to Lake Powell, where would that one go? Kane County. Kane County. Okay. So we're at Canab, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Page Arizona takes a lot of those, too, I believe. Now, now, you. what's the policy on staying on the line? I, I know that at least you hear from the movies and some of the, I like the reality shows, or, you know, the murder mystery shows, and they, <laughs> they play the 911 calls. Do you try to stay on until the police are confirmed there? Absolutely. Um, if it's an in-progress call, we will stay until they're actually in contact with the police officer if, if we are able to do so. Okay, cool. Now, I, I've heard... That there are some code words uh, or code things that you can do. Say, say it's a kidnapping type situation. Somebody, I, I can't, something about uh, like pretending like you're ordering a pizza or something. Is that is that real? We, we've had that, uh, you know. And it, I've taken a nine one one call where we've actually had to use the um, the is it the TTY with the um, hearing impaired use. Oh yeah. Oh. But mm-hmm. if you push a certain number on your phone, it'll actually show up on that. So I can push a one if this and so i mean and also you know even just push a button on your phone if you're there and push a button and we can at least try to gps the phone down to their emergency and try to get them help as soon as possible so i mean there's a lot of things that we can do pizza Mm -hmm. ordering has been one that's been that's happened really so yeah where where someone was felt like they were in danger and couldn't Uh couldn't say hey i need help so they just said well tell me well even at that we have text to 911 now that is up and working. So really? if you do have an emergency and cannot call, you can text your message to 911 and we will receive it. Now, one of the other things I, I was curious about is what about a moving target? Moving, Say I'm being kidnapped. I'm in, I'm in the car uh, and I'm on the move. How do you handle something like that where they, they can't necessarily tell you where they are and they're on a move? If you can open line, that's perfect. If you can open line it, we can get a phase two. And GPS it. Then Phase we can, two meaning? Um, that's just, it means that the GPS is closer. We can actually GPS you really pretty close to where you're really? at. So we can update that and continue that. So See, it's it's nice. Is it is it humbling? I know we've talked with the police about this a little bit. Is it humbling knowing that people's lives really are relying on you? Is it is that something you think about very much or you think, oh, I just got to go to work? We try not to think about it because that's stressful. <laughs> it is stressful. It is. No, it's, it's great. It's such a rewarding job and we love when we are hiring and we have people that are so interested in it and want to come in or even come and do a sit-in to see what we do you know because it's kind of one of those jobs that fly under the radar a little bit mm-hmm. sure you know? sure it's uh it's an amazing job it's mm-hmm. it's something that i mean we we love our police officers and what you guys do is so incredible but we don't think about the dispatchers very often right. and the fact that you are equally important you're not out there with a gun, but they wouldn't know where to go if you weren't there. Well, and they keep us safe. They they are very good at making sure they keep track of us. Mm-hmm. If if we're on a traffic stop, they check in with us every ten minutes. There's certain time frames that they check in with police and and probably fire too. I don't know, but at least with police, you know they keep they keep their eye on us, make sure we're safe. And and without them, yeah, we'd be lost. So. They do an amazing job. She talked about sending the closest unit. Do you have an idea, say at 2 in the morning, where all the police units are? 
Yeah, most of the patrol cars mm-hmm. have GPS on them, so we can pull up our maps and actually locate our okay. officers. There's little, little, little bleeps for where everybody of, is. It's kind of cool because yeah. you'll be driving and they'll say, you know, my call number, you know, they'll say, hey, Tiffany, you're, you're close to this. Can you stop by and check on this? Mm. Absolutely. I'd yeah. love to. You're by Angelica's. Get us a burrito. Yeah. Right? Well, I <laughs> haven't done that. that, but I would do that for them, yes. But it's it's pretty great. We all, as police officers, it's kind of mandatory that we keep our GPS on because it's really important mm-hmm. that they know where we are. Now, everything you do and say is recorded, right? So yes. Mm-hmm. Is, is, that, is that something you think <laughs> about? It? I mean, because... I, I imagine there are times when you want to, you know, someone calls 911 because they can't find their cat or something. And I imagine it's tempting to go, you're such an idiot. But you can't do that, right? You know, and everybody has their point of emergency. So, you know, that might be somebody's emergency when they sure. are missing their cat. Yeah, so but come to, on. I know, but we do have Talking to take about- that into account. And we will usually direct them to a non-emergency line if that's the case. Or well, animal control. Okay. <laughs> Don't, don't call Tiffany, though. Don't call Tiffany. I'm not going to climb a tree. I'm, I'm afraid of heights, so I'm, not, I'm your last person you want. Do um, oh, I was going to ask you a question, but it, it kind of slipped away as the phone line lit up and everything. So let's do this. Uh, let's take a phone call real quick, and then I've got to get a, a commercial break in, and then we'll come back and talk about the 911 outage, or maybe the caller wants to talk about that. Caller, you're on with Andy, and uh, I've got Tiffany Atkin from St. George Police and Brooke Lewis from the Dispatch Center. Well, I hope everyone's having a wonderful day there. We are. And um, I just wanted to mention one thing, and I'm, I'm pretty sure the police can do this. Um, you know, some people, uh, it could be a, uh, a widow or something like that. They might have one of those uh, security doors and so on. And if there's an issue, the police, you know, um, uh, and if someone can't answer the door, they might have to break a window to get in and so on. But a lot of people also have these uh, garage door openers where you can put a code in and come in through the garage door. And if I'm not mistaken, um, I'm pretty sure you can call the police and just register that at, uh, with their address and say, listen, if there's ever a problem, here's my code. Can you put it in your computer? Am I wrong in assuming that, or is that something they can do? No, that is definitely something. If you want to call in and give us your um, garage code information, stuff like that, we can actually store that under your name so that if there oh, is wow. an emergency at your home, you know, even right. Yeah, I, I thought so. The same thing. Yeah, I just wanted to get that out there because uh, you know, one, uh, one time uh, we had uh, someone at the front door, and my wife was here by the, herself, and she just got out of the shower, didn't know who it was, and wasn't about to answer the door, and all of a sudden someone was tapping on the back window, mm. and it was it was a police officer, and make a long story short, someone called in, and uh, um, their number sounded familiar to ours, so they had the wrong house and so on. But I, but it got me thinking, if someone ever had to get in here, if she was having an emergency, uh, we have one of those garage doors where you just put the number in. Uh, that's something that you know I should register with the police. So. Yeah, good well, idea. Thank you. I, I appreciate everything you do, and I'm sorry I called 911 because the McDonald's ran out of Chicken McNuggets. I won't do that <laughs> again. We understand, you know, when you're hungry. But great idea. Right. Thanks for calling in Thanks and bringing for the call. that up. Yeah, great to talk to you. 
Uh, added chicken nuggets. I hate. I hate when that happens. Uh, let's uh, let's do this. Let's take a quick time out. We want to ask about the nine one one outage and and the, kind of the contingency of what happened there. Uh, and I wanted to ask too about uh, maybe get Brooks' opinion on how prepared St. George folks are, Southern Utah folks are for emergencies. Uh, how much uh, how much handholding do you have to do? We'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, I do want to thank Joe Shoney, is a local loan consultant who focuses on customer service. Now, Joe. Uh, on the socialsurvey.me website uh, has an incredible score, 4.92 out of uh, five stars. That's, I mean, that's unbelievable. If you if you find a restaurant that has 4.9 out of five or a hotel, you're going to book it right away. That's how Joe is as, as a loan officer, uh, including this one. I've been trying to get through for five months. Joe and his team made it happen. Thank you, five stars from Rich in Cedar City. Uh, let's go to one in, uh, let's see, Henderson, Nevada. This is Scott. He says, Joe gets right to business, finds solutions to potential problems, communicates at any hour, is knowledgeable, has my best interest, and is kind. What more could you ask for? Five stars. One more. This is Kim. Kim says, Joe stayed in communication and kept us advised at all times throughout the process. Five stars. Give Joe a call today. Five nine zero is four three five five nine zero sixty three hundred. You can email Joe Joe dot Shoney S C H O N E Y Joe dot Shoney at nafinc dot com. I'm going to laugh at Brooke a little bit. We're, we're here with Brooke Lewis, who's a dispatcher for, I guess, Washington County, right? Washington County dispatcher, but. She's nervous about taking phone calls. This is a lady who takes phone calls of people dying for a living, and she's nervous taking, about taking a few radio phone calls. Don't be nervous. I'll, so I'll everyone out there, be gentle on, on Sweetbrook. <laughs> she's tender. She is. Well, you got to no, have she's a, really not. She's definitely yeah. the word I would describe me as. Yeah. She's <laughs> no? as tough as nails. You're not touchy-feely? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's talk. I, I want to ask. We're, we're going to ask. I guess first we should ask about the 911 outage. We had a 911 outage. How long was it out, and what was the contingency plan? What were you guys able to do in place of it? They were, it was on my days off, so I'm pretty happy about that. <laughs> I believe it was only a couple of days. I believe It's all fixed now. I'm, uh-huh. They haven't told us exactly what happened, so even we're in the dark on that. But it is fixed, and it was just Verizon. And I know that oh, some really? people with T-Mobile, you know. There di- were a few different other carriers. That- carriers, but the, it was the Verizon Towers. So if your cell phone was hitting off of their towers, that's why it wasn't coming through. Okay. So it was just Verizon that was having the issues at that time. But in those situations, we have our 10-digit non-emergency line. You can always call in emergencies on that, um, any landlines, things like that, or just use a different carrier. And on that note, let's just talk about taking the time right now while you're listening to program our non-emergency line on your phone so that you have it. I'm going to grab my phone right now and do it. Okay. Perfect. I, I believe in application, not just talking about it. Say you're um, you're having an emergency and you want to pick up your phone and tell Siri to call. Um, I can't even open my phone. That's how bad it is. Well, that's okay. So, <laughs> okay. Our, so we, our non-emergency number that Brooke is talking about is, if you need the area code, it's 435-627-4300. Mm-hmm. 627-4300. So that's still going to get you into the dispatch center where Brooke will answer your call or someone else. It's just through the non-emergency. Okay, well, I'm going to put Washington County emergency, or what, non-emergency, I Non-emergency. non-emergency. Whatever you're going to remember so that if you had to, you know, pick up your phone and, and have a call, you would remember it. Yeah. Okay. And you can put it in your importance or your favorites or whatever. Oh, good idea. I'll, I'll add it to my favorites right now. Oh. 627-4300, right? Right. 
Right. That's the one. It's actually a pretty easy one to remember, too. Anything non-emergency, that's the one you'll call. So I, I wanted to ask you, we've got a couple of callers on hold, too, but I wanted to ask you, how has your experience, it was 16 years, so you've at this point probably seen just about everything, but how has your experience been with St. George and Washington County people as far as preparedness? If if someone someone calls and, the, and their spouse or, or, or loved one is having a heart attack, have you had to really do a lot of hand-holding and walk us through how to help them, or are people kind of prepared for stuff like that? You get both sides of it. You get some people that are either expecting something to happen, and they are a lot calmer, but then you get those who their husband was just out playing basketball five minutes earlier and came inside and had a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it's, you have both sides, you know, no one's really ready for an emergency to happen. So yeah. you have to kind of put well, yourself you are, in that. And she is, <laughs> of course, <laughs> but the rest of us aren't ready for an emergency. So You're right. I, I having mean, that thought of what if something happened and what will I, how will I react? My, my sister-in-law's uh, husband just had a heart, heart attack and died mm-hmm. uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And, and so I guess that's kind of heavy on my mind. She, she knew CPR and she knew how to help him. But, you know, when he had the heart attack, he fell and hit his head, too. So he was bleeding at the same time. And there was no one else home. And so she was you – know, and it was like 5.30 or 6 in the morning. Uh, and, and so the whole situation was it got, got me kind of thinking about dispatch and about emergencies. And obviously, she wasn't ready for an emergency, but at least she knew CPR. Absolutely. Unfortunately, unfortunately, mm-hmm. they think he was probably already gone from the the widow maker they call it, the heart attack, where it was it was too late. Yeah. yeah. But uh, so, uh, how many calls do we get a day in 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 the in the dispatch here in Washington County? Yeah, I think we average around fifteen hundred. 1,500 emergency calls a day? And that's non-emergency also. So that's just coming into our center. That's a lot, so It's though. about a quarter of a million busy. a year. I had no idea there were that many. Yeah, we're busy. That is wild. Holy smokes. All right, we've got five minutes left. Let's go to the phone lines. You, right. okay, you okay, Brooke? I'm phone? good. Let's do this. Used to taking calls. <laughs> Nobody's going to be bleeding on the other end, I don't think. <laughs> Let's so. hope not. Caller, you're on with Andy. Uh, we're with Tiffany Atkin and Brooke Lewis. How are you today? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing great. What's on your mind? I was just wondering if the officer could explain a little bit about the officers on the motorcycles out in the middle of the intersections at some of the busier locations real quick. You bet I can. So state law allows us to be to give us that right to do that. Um, I know we, we've had a few people ask us about that. So what we've been doing is we've been trying to concentrate on red light runners. So if they're on a motorcycle, they will park as far you know, out of the lane as possible and out of the way uh, so that they are able to see the red lights um, to manage those violations. I, you know, I, I made a turn onto Red Cliffs Parkway the other day, and I, I wouldn't say it was a hazard, but I was really surprised to see the officer on mm-hmm. the the wrong side of the road in the shoulder. I yes. was, was kind of like, whoa, what's he doing there? Yeah, you know, it, yeah. And, and we do, with like I said, it, it is part because it's part of our function as police officers, and sometimes that's where you have to be to, in order to, to see those violations. Um, we take... We take that risk versus people running and violating those mm. laws that could cause crashes. Did that answer your question, caller? Thank you. All right. Thanks for the call. I, I guess the, the thing I worried, and you, you just actually addressed that, the, the thing I worried about was the safety of the officer because while he was off the road, he was just somewhere you didn't expect someone of course, to be. Sure. 
So I, I was just worried about that. Had I turned too sharp, I, you know, I sure. theoretically could have clipped. Now I, I didn't, fortunately, sure. and stuff. But uh, yeah, that scared me. Yeah, just a it's bit. it's just kind of something that that's that's the use of those motors is to be able to get into those spots where cars or we wouldn't want a person to stand, obviously, um, because we can't run across the street to jump on in our car to to make that traffic stop. So that's what those motors are used for. I was stopped at a stop sign uh, or a, a stoplight the other day, and uh, the light changed green for me. I decided to pause just a little bit before I went, mm-hmm. and and as I got maybe a third of the way into the intersection, a car came through a red light at 55, 60 miles sure. an hour. Had I had I gunned it right at the green, that would have been a mess. Sure. And maybe even... I, there's certain intersections in, in the city that I make sure my new driver learning and all mm-hmm. my kids... Wait just a second before you pull out mm-hmm. for that reason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Good idea. All right, uh, let's go back to the phone line. Caller, you're on with Andy and with Brooke and with Tiffany. What's up? Hello? Yeah, that's you. Uh, I just wanted to send kudos to the 911 system, uh, especially regarding a, a dementia, Alzheimer's situation, which I was involved with. And uh, case showed up, and we discussed it. And then uh, some motorcycles showed up, and within five minutes, we had located my wife. Okay. And, uh, uh, I understand there's a bracelet that they provide if you can use it. My wife won't wear it, but uh, hmm. uh, it's a good system. Awesome. Well, thank you for the phone call. Thank you. I, I know Brooke appreciates it. We it, do. It, with any, any any job, it's nice to hear something positive occasionally because we sure. do get a lot of negative, and I'm sure both of you do. And uh, if your wife decides to wear that bracelet, get a hold of me. I can help you with that, sir. So awesome. we do have that Project Lifesaver where it's free to the public it's and it tracks uh, people with Alzheimer's issues or dementia, I should say, and uh, children with autism that tend to wander. We have that that so if anyone's interested questions about that reach out to us dan to the final 30 seconds brooke i wanted to hear all these i wish we had another <laughs> hour i want to hear all these stories is uh, just we'll just have her back again r- real quickly is there one that sticks out in your mind right now just in 30 seconds story-wise just yeah just one experience that, that jumps out to you oh god there's so many see that's that's the problem there's 1500 so calls a day i, I know people say that. oh what's the craziest call you've been on well you're crazy and mine are different so <laughs> All right, thank you. Tiffany Atkin, Brooke Lewis from the Dispatch Center. Thank, thank you guys so much You're for welcome. coming in. My it was pleasure. wonderful. It was fun. It's the Andy Griffin Show. I'll be back tomorrow.